You're listening to Rookie Pirate Radio, the official anime and manga podcast for InBetweenDrafts.com. I'm John Negroni. And I'm Travis Hymas. And today we're doing a manga recap of One Piece chapter 1098 titled Bonnie's Birth. And Travis, let's just hope this chapter is also the birth of some vacation time on behalf of Oda, who has been busy and deserves it. He's been really busy this year and not just with making a manga, which uh, he does a great job of. Yeah, I mean, he also has to listen to Rookie Pirate Radio every week, and that takes some time because I know Oda likes to take notes when he's listening to our conversations. He also knows English perfectly now. Yeah, I mean, you know, we 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 can be a little long winded at times, so so it's it, it's fair. As usual, we're going to be discussing spoilers for the One Piece manga up until this chapter. So if you have not yet read chapter one thousand ninety eight, be sure to do so now for free on the Viz website or the Shonen Jump app. Linked in the show notes as always. And remember, all new One Piece chapters are available to read for free up to three weeks after their official release or whenever you want if you're subscribed to Shonen Jump, which we are, Travis and I are, and, and we recommend it. Now, Travis, I know that uh, everybody's probably listening and being like, huh, John has a lot of energy. John has a lot of pep in his step. That doesn't make sense. John should be as depressed and low energy as I am because, like John... I read chapter 1098 of One Piece, which is one of those chapters that makes you upset. But here's the thing, Travis. You know what's been perking my spirits? What's that? The ability to chat online with people who listen to Rookie Pirate Radio. Oh my gosh, you're right. It's true. And the problem is, Travis, is like, I love doing it, but I'm super bad at explaining it because people come to me all the time, especially off the street. Uh, John, you know, I'm listening to Rookie Pirate Radio. It's uh, my favorite podcast to listen to on Mondays. But, you know, the problem is sometimes your episodes come out on Tuesdays. Plus, I just I feel like I want to I want to go to a place where I can talk to you and the other people who listen to the show about one piece speculation theories and everything in the world of in between drafts. And then I'm in this zone travis where i can't explain it to them i'm like well, I, I lose i lose track i don't know how to describe the internet technology at work well see, i and i completely understand because you're you're too busy trying to explain that uh we release episodes uh on mondays but in one piece time which is like the equivalent to six weeks so i completely understand the confusion there uh but there's this wonderful app that is thankfully still wonderful uh it's called discord that's what it's called. Jeez Louise. You can go download it on anything, literally. Like you can you could go down you can access it on your PlayStation right now. I forgot it again. What was it called? It's called Discord. Discord. Thank Discord. you, Travis. It's kind of like that sort of thing that the revolutionary army sows in countries with discontent. Well, you know who would probably be really good at Discord is Ginny, because she's so good at like, you know, tapping into frequencies and communicating with people from afar exactly exactly like that and you install this app and then all you got to do is click uh, click the link in the show notes for this very episode of this podcast and it will take you to the in between drafts discord server where uh you can in fact commiserate with us in our pain boxes which has been uh the topic of discussion today uh, a pain box of course is the thing that gege akutami sends you when you begin uh reading jujitsu kaisen and then every time a manga hurts you personally 
Um, you can just sit inside of it uh, for as long as you need to. It's a, it's a nice little safe place, uh, as well as, as our uh, Discord channel uh, uh, for One Piece spoilers, where you can uh, join us in discussing this chapter and beyond uh, safely mm. uh, without worrying about spoiling anybody who's only wa- who's only watched the anime or has only watched the live action or the other members of the server. It's a nice, uh, safe place. That that all sounds great, Travis. It does. But here's the thing. What if I want to send a message to somebody anonymously to let them know, hey, I haven't seen you in two years, but I love you. I'll always love you. What do I do then? Why you got to do that to me? Uh, well, if you if you need to uh, if you need to send a secret admirer note uh, and you don't want to create a Discord account, that's okay because we have uh, we have some old technology at work as well. Uh, it's this thing called electronic mail. You might have heard of it. Uh, I'm writing it down. All you all you got to do all you got to do is go to uh, your electronic mail account and send us an electronic mail at rookie pirate radio at gmail.com okay i'm writing the message now watch over travis machi he's too kind for his own good and travis machi just remember i'll always always got it okay just sent got it perfect wait can you say the email again i might have put it in wrong yeah the email is the name of this show it's rookie pirate radio at gmail.com that's easy to remember for most people well, there you go, Travis. We got through that. There we go. And we, got we were it. able to do it, I think, without offending too many people, right? Uh, yeah, I think we've, uh, I think we're stalling for time at this point, you could say. Yeah, it's like, what else can we, uh, Travis, uh, what'd you do today? Okay, let's talk about the main beats. It's that time. I mean, I mean are you sure? Are you sure you don't want to do an anime check in real quick? <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure. Uh, I, I feel like, uh, you know, Travis, my approach to misery is to lean into the skid. And uh, I, I understand that that's uh, probably not the smartest thing to do. I don't know. But uh, yeah, main beats. Let's start with something that's... Uh, let's start with the first piece of bad news. <laughs> so our cover this week is actually an apology notice from Oda. Uh, he drew Brooke rocking out with some electric eels. Very hardcore. And on Brooke's legs, there's a note that uh, he was unable to finish the art in time and that he's sorry. This is Oda talking, not Brooke. Uh, although Brooke might be sorry too, for all I know. So uh, Oda says, so while reading the chapter, you're going to notice there are some rougher sketches throughout. And yeah, Travis, I can't speak for you, but I, I don't think there's anything for Oda-sama to be sorry about. No, the, the, the only thing that I would say he would ever need, feel the need to apologize for is feeling that obligated. Um, you know, he is, he is, as we all know, the only ethical billionaire in the world uh, because he does it all for the passion of the people who are reading the story. And uh, we just uh, personally, I just hope he takes care of himself. Like if it means we don't get more one piece for several weeks that i mean this would be a bummer of a chapter to go out on the year uh admittedly but if that's how it's got to be that's how it's got to be um i would 100 percent take a slower release uh then have him feel like he's failed us for one and for two that for him not to be uh you know at a hundred percent in his own life agreed and, and to be fair too i mean i think travis you and i are used to travis saying something along these lines because he's messaged us at rookie pirate radio at gmail.com saying i didn't finish rookie pirate radio in time and i always feel like that's okay oda you're you're busy you got a manga to run you don't need to listen to these two boys ramble that's for sure so okay the chapter kicks off with kuma pushing himself hard in the rebellion because it's been two years since Ginny was captured and he's pretty much on the brink of total 
emotional desolation, and self-destruction, pretty much. We find out that Ginny was taken hostage and forced to be the wife of a celestial dragon who is neither shown or named. And two years later, Ginny is arriving at the Sorbet Kingdom by ship and has managed to contact the Revolutionary Army with those wiretapping skills of hers, I suppose, to let them know that she got sick and the world government or the celestial dragons, they got rid of her. She says that she wants to see everyone, but she's dying quickly and has to instead say goodbye. Kuma does not listen, however, and rushes to travel to the island to try and help her. And he doesn't get to hear her final message. He doesn't get to hear her say that she'll always, always love him. Kuma arrives at their old church in the Sorbet Kingdom, but he's too late. He finds Ginny there, dead from a disease he later finds out is called Sapphire Scales, which turns your skin blue and hard as stone after being exposed to natural sunlight. He even sees the phone Den Den Mushy thing like right by her hands. He also learns that she traveled the sea by day to ensure her baby would live, and that baby is, of course, Bonnie. So then Kuma resolves that he's going to raise Ginny's daughter, but of course the elders are there to help him out. Uh, we even see a montage of Bonnie growing up to be super cute, a bit of a glutton like her mom, has to sleep in an iron cage so Kuma doesn't trample her by falling off the bed. It's adorable. Uh, Kuma also is leaving from time to time to continue helping fight for the Revolutionary Army. We even see him at one point training a young Sabo. More tragedy strikes, however, when Kuma discovers that Bonnie has the same disease as her mother. So blue stones have started to appear below her eye, and he has to keep her indoors at all times. And it looks like no one knows how to cure her. Therefore, Kuma decides to quit the revolution so he can watch over Bonnie, and Dragon even promises to ask every doctor in the world they can to help. We fast forward to just seven years ago when Bonnie is at age five and being bullied by some other kids who call her a vampire and Kuma has to scold her for almost going outside to chase them. But after she mentions being teased about her face stones, Kuma calls them jewels to make her happy. So tying into her being later called Jewelry Bonnie. Kuma also asks Bonnie where she would want to go if she went on a trip. So another call out to when Kuma asks uh, people that uh, when we meet him at Thriller Bark. And Bonnie mentions that she wants to go to the Sky Islands. So Kuma brings up Nika, and they talk about more places she'll want to go to after she gets older and at certain ages. And that's when we smash cut to a doctor, presumably one of the doctors Dragon sent to help, telling Kuma that the Sapphire Scales disease is incurable and will spread over time at Bonnie. Ne even if Bonnie never goes outside again, it will still claim her within five years. So she only has five years to live at best. Afterward, Bonnie surprises Kuma and was eavesdropping, but she misunderstood the conversation. She thinks that she's going to be cured by 10 years old, not die by 10 years old. And rather than correct her, Kuma slips up and says, of course, you'll be better by then. And finally, we cut to one year after that, and the village people come to Kuma, telling him he has to help because King Bikori has returned and is going to burn everyone he thinks is weighing a country down. So we have a break this week. We're going to be doing our Fear and episode. And I think we need that extra, I think we need that week, Travis Simons, because it, you expect me to just emotionally process all of that? In a, did I even message you when I read this chapter? I remember reading this chapter and I did not, usually I'd message you pretty soon. For this one, no, I did you, not. You, no, you did. You did. did it I? was to, to, to the point where you, when you posted the episode from last week, you had to specify that we recorded oh, it before right. you got a hold of the Roz. But what you sent me was, I forbid you from reading this chapter. That's right. I did. I did wait like 10 minutes. I waited. I, I did forbid you. You didn't listen to me. I said, here it is. Here I it is. Not. Yeah, I just read. I did not. So for those who don't know, I, I read the Japanese Roz. 
um, raw scan. So I usually read them a little bit earlier. But I, I wrote to Travis, I forbid you from reading this chapter of One Piece and putting my foot down, just skip it. <sighs> but then Travis... I mean, I mean we, we, had talked, we, we had talked just like two hours prior about this exact thing playing out pretty it's much true. spot on. So I, I think your exact words were, John, you better be wrong. <laughs> you better be right. I hope you're wrong. <laughs> I hope you're wrong is what I said. Yeah. Cause, <sighs> uh, cause it, it is, I mean, we might as well just get the, get the, uh, elephant in the room, the Zunesha in the room out of the way. Yeah. Uh, yeah. this is bleak. This opening is bleak. We've, mm-hmm. you know, one piece is dealt with, so many different horrifying things, many of them at the hands of the celestial dragons. Um, and, you know, I think what I said last week, I still I, I still believe overall, number number one, that I'm not a fan of, of this particular plot device. It's not my favorite thing in the world, generally speaking. Uh, you know, I think of it as kind of a more low hanging fruit. But we, you know, I did also concede that it's not like I expected Oda to go all berserk on us or anything like that. He was going to find a way to do this in a way that communicated the situation without being exploitative or, uh, you know, tantalizing or anything like that, which a uh, not insignificant amount of anime and manga have trouble with. So in in both of those cases, that spot on. Um, this is about as good as you're going to get this kind of story beat. Um, it is genuinely horrifying. Uh, it is something that we've known has happened before in One Piece. It actually ties into to Bonnie's uh, introduction, which is just a cruel bit of irony, since we know that all of that was Oda just making some stuff up as he went along. Uh, again, we talked about his creative process. This is a, a perfect example of how he's kind of looped that story all the way back around. Yeah, I mean, it was even in Sabari Archipelago where we find out the Celestial Dragons take on, like, concubines. Yeah, yeah, it's literally that scene. That's what Zoro was going to go get himself involved in, and Bonnie is the one that tackles him out of it. Yeah, at the time, age 10, uh, and, which, you know... presumably not knowing the truth, which makes it... Yeah, yeah just, you really have to wonder how much she knows, because, yeah, that's not clear yet. And yeah. to what you're saying, too, right after Sabari Archipelago, we go to Amazon Lily, right? And we find, you know, that was always kind of like the the hidden implication, you know, the n- not so subtle implication, I should say, rather, because it, it seems pretty clear that the, the Amazon Lily, you know, pe- the people from there, like Boa Hancock and her sisters, like they were essentially by all accounts seem to have been like sex slaves. Um, and that was definitely something that like speaks to their like burning hatred of not just the world government, but men. And it is an interesting parallel because you can simultaneously have that be the situation where they're, you know, they went through something like that and similar to Kuma, they end up being a warlord, right? So kind of complicit in the system that caused them the situation they're in. And, and I don't know how much of Boa Hancock you were thinking during this chapter, but I, I have been, cause I've been poring over like what happens next here, the psychology of Kuma and what he decides to do. That's going to lead him to becoming, uh, he's about to become the King. We know he's going to be the King of Sorbet kingdom. And we know he's going to be a warlord and tying all that stuff together after what happened to Ginny is it's hard to, it's like, I can't like the fact that he's at Marineford and he's just, you know, I know at that point he had lost his will and everything, but I don't know, man. Like, did he go to marry Joa like as a warlord and just what? How did he do this? I I, I have so many questions. 
there is still uh, there is still i can't believe i'm about to like manifest something even more horrifying than we've than we've really seen here but there is still we are still looking at a gap between kuma the warlord that we see in that introduction um you know in the in the meaning of the warlords but really thriller bark and this kuma we are close we we've got all the pieces i think now but it's it's the putting those pieces together there is still something here that we are not quite getting because something has to push him over far enough to cut this deal with the government uh to wit i still you know it begs the question why the government even suggests this idea. I mean, I'm, I'm assuming that's the case because, I mean, they literally have enslaved this man before. Why not do it again? But they choose this more complicated means of doing things. Um, you know, how much power does he gain from becoming, you know, taking control of the Serbate Kingdom? Those are those are interesting questions that could factor into this as well. But it, 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 at the end of the day, there's still at least one more tragedy coming for, for our boy here. Yeah, that's just... That's just the reality of the situation, I think. Is there anything positive? I mean, I really, I really enjoy just watching, like, us finally getting a chance to see, like, the Kuma and Bonnie relationship and where it started from to really sell us on, like, okay, this was, like, what, I don't know how to put this, but, like, this is kind of the stakes. Like, this is where we get to see kind of, like, why, like, the the attachment or like the relationship between these two characters and why Bonnie has really reacted the way that she has quite honestly. Um, also, by the way, uh, actually I'll, I'll let, I'll let you speak to that. Cause I might change the subject here actually pretty kind of quick. Yeah. I was, I was going to say like on the one hand, it, it it is nice. Um, you know, it's, it's a, it's a good tonal shift. If the, if the chapter had been exclusively just the downer, we probably would be feeling even worse, honestly. Um, mm -hmm. You know, for, for for what it's worth, for my for my part, it's really hard to get over that that first part of the chapter. Because, um, and, and I think I said this to you uh, pretty pretty soon after reading it was like he didn't just fridge Ginny; he ice boxed her. I have hmm. not seen a I have not seen a, a woman character murdered to motivate and impact a, another character uh so hard in quite a long time so uh that's that was rough but um this is also kind of the transition point where it kind of becomes it, it sounds kind of weird but it kind of becomes clear that this is not actually a kuma flashback but it's actually a bonnie flashback like all of this huh? has ultimately been in service of getting us to where bonnie is rather than getting us to where kuma is is where i i feel like we're about to transition Sort of, I guess. I I revisited the the first couple chapters where we meet Kuma. So I bring that up to say that you know when he's a warlord of the sea, his he has to have become a pirate because he has a former bounty of two hundred ninety six million berries. So there has to be some kind of transition. The one thing that I'm still right. so confused about is like he was a member of the Revolutionary Army, so. Again, it just doesn't make sense to me that like the world government is going to like he was working for them for decades and he did a lot of damage. And so to see him being repurposed into a warlord, it just yeah, there, there's something kind of missing here that I, I can't wrap my head around. Like if it's going to be one of those things, too, where it's like, oh, he was never really the king of Sorbet Kingdom. He was just called that. I don't know. Five, and, you only and, have five and, years to pull this all off. I mean, it's it's one of those things where. 
it, it just might not be tenable to try to to fit together right like we still have I to mean, find out where he gets that bible which i mean pe- a lot of people have been commenting on the bible that he carries being like seems to be showing nika or seems to be showing because it has the sun well, it's, it has it's, the well it's in the it's in the chapter it's in the chapter oh did he have the, the bible in the chapter and i missed it well no bonnie does oh this the is, book that she brings the, out the book that she be- it's really hard to tell because again you know this is really sketched out but i didn't it, even but see it appears that. to be the bible that he's carrying around which number one means this is the closest thing to us ever 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 knowing what has been in that book and for two suggests that maybe it's not even a bible to begin with but is something else it's like another word for bible a bibliography kind of yeah uh or uh or an atlas something that something that might be useful to a revolutionary uh but not necessarily something you want to you want the government knowing you have on you if you're being observed or anything like that sort of thing as some people have kicked around um though again it, it's possible you know it's just a, a religious book of the one piece world like maybe we're overthinking it you know it, you know we see bible we make that christian connotation because you know c- uh, culture but there's there's no reason for it to technically not be something that like Kuma's family maintained as is as a belief system or anything like that. So of course it would have references to things like Sky Islands, uh, because those exist and you would pres- presumably have known about them in the previous world. Um, so so I'm, I'm still very curious about what is actually in that book, but this is the closest we've ever gotten to getting that answer. Hmm. And if it's something that Bonnie loved, then all of a sudden his own attachment to it makes a lot more sense. I see that. I see that. Um, yeah, that's interesting. And, and some, if you look to at his original costume, people have been commenting that, oh, maybe it's kind of similar to a cross or, or something along those lines. And yeah, there's all there's all kinds of like religious symbology happening with the guy. Now, one one major thing I think we kind of have to, to to bring up here, and it's one that's been kind of really like been sitting on our you know at the tip of our tongues really with what's the connection between kuma and vegapunk why did he have to go to vegapunk and so on we speculated maybe he has he goes to vegapunk to help with Ginny. maybe it's to do now we kind of see that like it looks like he's going to be trying to go to vegapunk for akira but then oda kind of throws in this wrinkle of like but there's also this king bakori stuff happening so like it's it's tricky because how then does he go to Egghead Island, presumably. Or okay, so there's a couple things missing here. First of all, he doesn't know who Vegapunk is. What is the link between Kuma and Vegapunk? The only one we could we know for sure is Dragon, right? And to this point, we haven't seen any indication that Dragon and Vegapunk are still in cahoots, unless that's something that has changed within the last five years or so, or the last four years, uh, because it, uh, when we leave off at this chapter. This is four years ago, so two years before the series started. And so we don't know how long Vegapunk might have been kind of helping the revolutionaries, if at all. And if that is the thing that brings Kuma out, and if that's what connects to the whatever's happening with King Bakori. Because it is kind of interesting that he's a Kuma's part of the Revolutionary Army. Why isn't the Revolutionary Army kicked out the monarchy in Sorbet Kingdom? Did I did I miss something there? That's Kuma's turf. Yeah, it's that's an interesting question because they they, they already did. did. They showed up, right? And they like booted. They did already do that. So then, how does King Bakori come back? I'm con- mm. well. So so what it says, at least in the Viz translation, because I'm rolling back now just to double check it. Uh, they 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 note specifically the king's given in. So it's 
I guess it's kind of hard to say whether or not he was deposed because at the time they were not the revolutionary army, right? They were the freedom fighters. They right, were more of an activist true. group. So this may be just an issue of um, they weren't extreme enough yet, for lack of a better term. So like, yeah, like King Bakori was ousted and then there was like a peace. I mean, it was like a, or, you know, the or he was just, or he was just like, you know, like, it's it's super libby but like protested into it like like they were basically like you're gonna renege on this or we are gonna depose you kind of situation i see because it all we see here is like one year later the nightmare returned to sorbet kingdom the implication is, seems to be that king bakori came back but maybe it's just saying that no king bakori has gone rogue again yeah it's it seems like that could be the explanation um because because yeah it's it's just it's just vague enough but considering that like they weren't like the full army and dragon was specifically noting that like they weren't doing full-scale revolutions they weren't doing full-scale up endings they were just kind of acting like mercenaries and everything is is like a part of his strategy to gain influence and power so then here's it's my theory very possible they didn't depose him then here's my theory then Okay. The King Bakori shows up doing bad things, very bad. And then the revolutionary army shows up and it basically it comes out or something something exposes Kuma as being part of the revolution or whatever, and he has to leave the Sorbet Kingdom uh because Dragon is the one who tells him that maybe Vegapunk is the one who can cure Bonnie or something. But then when he leaves and everything happens with King Bakori, or maybe they kill maybe Kuma kills King Bakori and does that. And that's when the world government uh, lies and says that he's a tyrant and he never really was the king of Sorbet Kingdom, but he has to flee. So it's not like he was king for like a year or something. Who knows, right? But like there could be a situation where he finally just like quashes the guy for good out of anger or something like that. And then Sorbet Kingdom recognizes him as its new kind of tyrant king for those purposes. And that's how you have people like Jinbei thinking that Kuma was a terrible person because basically the world government lies and says all the terrible things that King Bakori did. No, 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 that was Bartholomew Kuma. You know, he was the one who did all of those things. And so like taking all the tyrant stuff and putting it on the actual, you know, the, the person who wasn't the tyrant. And then that's when you get him going to Vegapunk and having to deal with the like, you know, the world government's like you, you'll become a, uh, a warlord or whatever and here's your bounty from being in the revolutionary army you know not a bounty from being a pirate a bounty from being a rebel and then the deal is that you have to, he has to give away his will that he's going to be remembered as a tyrant but vegapunk can help him you know save his daughter and the world government will leave her alone and that's that's what Kuma agrees to do essentially. And that's when then I, I wrote this theory in the Discord, and it seemed to get some traction with the folks, which is that the reason Kuma doesn't lose his uh, his will, his humanity, until Sabadi Archipelago. There's a moment in time between when he saves the Straw Hats and when he goes full cyborg. That's when Bonnie, it presumably, is ten years old because now we know she's twelve years old in the present. Time skip was two years ago. So that would mean that she lived to age 10, and that's part of the deal. The deal is that if she makes it to age 10, Kuma will give away his will to live. And then we could also talk about the cure, because I think that's a whole other thing. But what do you, what do you think, Travis? Do you think, I've, do you think this is where I, I think, fall apart? I mean, I think thematically you're, you're on the right track, right? It, it makes sense uh, that, that, like, that age would be a factor since that, you know, puts her right into the middle of the storyline the only the only thing is 
she is already a pirate at that point with a bounty and a crew and you know notoriety, right? Yeah, I think that she becomes a pirate because he leaves Sorbet Kingdom and she tries to find him. And maybe that yeah. goes into her motivation for becoming a pirate in the first place. She wants to go to all these places and she wants to, you know. And that's why I kind of, I also wrote this in the Discord where I think that there could be a missing flashback scene from Sabato Archipelago that we haven't seen yet, which marks when Kuma loses his will. And that's when, if he had a meeting with Bonnie, like if they met on the archipelago, after he sends the straw hats away how incredible would that That be? would be that would be something actually that would be pretty cool um I, I know we want i know we want to talk about the cure uh really quick but i do wonder and this is just kind of going back to the tyrant thing do, do you think uh do you think bakori could survive one of those bubbles Ooh, so he takes all the pain and like puts it on bakori that'd be pretty thematically perfect and it would probably be grotesque in like to other people. Yeah, he'd probably just go poof into that blood be, and guts. That would that could potentially be a thing that changes the perspective of, of Kuma and King in- Bakori, if you could go on a trip, where would you go? And we see like the cutthroat Kuma. And Bakori's yeah. like, What are you talking about? I want to go to Mary yeah. Joa. Then he sends him there and a celestial dragon like murders him or something. Like, like there's a bunch of different things, but something he has to see. And this is, again, where I'm just kind of like torn. He's been with the Revolutionary Army for some time. He's seen it all at this point. Right. But something has to break him to the point where he were like those, those things with Bonnie. You know, if you could take a trip, they're, they're not fun. They're painful memories. So he uses them uh, defensively. He uses them kind of coldly and cruelly. What's well, the arc of the direction of other people? Yeah, because yeah, we, we we mentioned like at the very beginning, he is in a, a dark place. Bonnie kind of lifts him out of it. You know, we, we get a little bit of world building here. We hear about a place called Toomey for the first time in the South Blue. And at least I think it wasn't mentioned like uh, the only place I could think it was mentioned is in the SBS for kid. Like if it was like in that zone or something. No, it's, sure, it's, but... an, it's a new thing. OK, yeah, but it could be related because, you know, that soda. But uh, and then uh, Yvonne Cobb mentions that that this is like not long after they left Goa kingdom. So, you know, rescuing Sabo and all that stuff is around this time. But it, anyway, the point is he goes through some dark stuff in the rebellion, but then with Bonnie, like we see him be a full on, you know, he is going to be the best gosh darn dad. He can she, be. Uh, she makes him, she, she keeps that humanity grounded. Cause, cause that's what Ginny wanted, right? She wanted that softness of Kuma to be protected. And so through Bonnie, it's been preserved. But like, like I, I guess, I guess the big thing here is, you know, Bonnie is going to be okay. But I have a theory about that. You know, at least as far as we could see the narrative right now. But if it was just that easy, I, his demeanor would not be what it is in the present day. Like something right. rips Bonnie away from him is what it really seems to be. Seems to be like, like the the like, okay, okay, the world government decides to treat like let Vegapunk treat Bonnie not as a deal to exploit Kuma, but because she is technically one of them. And mm. so they want to reclaim her because there's that there's that line from Akainu, if you remember, about mm. her getting away. So they want to reclaim her and that so they take her. Hmm. And like she still gets treatment and everything because they take her to Vegapunk and Vegapunk treats her. Or then how does she we'll end up with that. 
But she ends up with those crewmates, right? So then how does that work? Or does she it, gets like, away. She, com- she gets away and then she goes back to Storybook Kingdom, but it's like, no, or became she, a she either gets away or, and I'll, I'll throw this one out here, Vegapunk helps her get away and she just doesn't know it. So if that were the case, I mean, either way, I think what we're both trying to stress here is that there's no sort of like Kuma goes on a grand pirate adventure and becomes a warlord. He goes straight from where he is now to that because he doesn't have a crew. There are no, there aren't the Kuma pirates, right? He's like Mihawk. He's like a sole operator. Yeah, uh, you know, and and something interesting about the warlords whose backstories we've seen is every single one of them has this kind of like situation where their dream kind of gets perverted by reality. Uh, you know, uh, Crocodile wanted to be king of the pirates. He gets a grand taste of of reality and decides to settle for simply being the king of a country. Uh, Gecko Moria, self-explanatory, goes to the Grand Line, gets absolutely decimated, um, absolutely destroys his motivation. Uh, oh, the new yeah, yeah, because the new world gets kaidoed, uh, you know. Uh, <laughs> Boa Hancock uh, would like to not be a slave, and became a slave, and that, and that, you know, for you know, marks her forever. Jim Bay's entire backstory, you know, the, the the history of the Sun Pirates is 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 always on him. So it's not inconsistent that like Kuma's arc is not exactly like, oh, we had a fun pirate adventure like Luffy did. Like like there's something that causes him to be willing to compromise, right? Uh, it's just I'm not sure that we have yet seen what that is somehow. But mm, let's talk mm. about cures, unless you want to dig into. There's that all somewhere. kinds. Of, there's all kinds of interesting theories out there about this. Uh, I raised a couple that I came across that were interesting, and uh, one, yes, yeah, yeah. So I'll I'll just bring it up in the Discord. Why why belabor it? Quite honestly, and uh, make sure I don't because I, I I brought up a couple of things here. Um, oh, yeah, I did. I, br- I did bring up here. I kind of wonder if Bonnie became a pirate so she could go out to sea to find her dad. If he had to leave the store baking and become a warlord for the world government in the wake of being called a tyrant and all that. Uh, so that was my theory that I kind of mentioned earlier. Uh, oh, yeah. I also mentioned that Bonnie weirdly mirrors Mamanosuke because both are pink coated. And because of a devil fruit, they can pose as adults, even though they have the mind of a child. I don't think it's relevant, but I find it's kind of interesting. <laughs> Well, I mean, I, I mean, I personally appreciate that uh, that one of our uh, uh, colleagues there in, in the Discord, uh, one of our regulars there, Hippo, uh, added that they also both had chads for dads. <laughs> they did. They Which did. is irrelevant, but true. Very Maybe kind of super relevant. <laughs> Who knows? I mean, yeah, you never know. Yeah, yeah, parallels are all over the place, right? It's poetry. It rhymes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so th- this is what I wrote. I said, uh, if Bonnie's 12 years old based on the math of this chapter, that means she made it past 10 years old right at the time skip. So immediately after Sabadi Archipelago, uh, the, basically the deal Kuma makes with the world government about help for carrying Bonnie could be a condition where he do this, where he loses his will fully. I can't write until he knows for sure that the disease is fully dealt with since Bonnie was on Sabadi. I wonder if he might get apart. So I already kind of mentioned that one. Um, I'm just kind of going through these. And uh, also, I wrote that stocks are up on Lodestar Laughtail being a Sky Island, since if Bonnie became a member of the Straw Hats and she wants to visit a Sky Island, how cool would it be if uh, she was with the Straw Hats and went to one with them? Uh, because we already, you know, maybe we get a montage of her going to like Fishman Island because she men- mentions that place too, right? And uh, what was the other place that she mentioned she wants to go to besides Fishman Island? Uh well, Sky Island is, this, is, is go to a Sky Island specifically, and then it's Fishman. Oh, Island, it's just uh, Fishman. Okay, the 20th, yeah, there, yeah. There. and she might have gone there um, because, yeah, for all we know, she she went there. It was like off screen or something. Um, but okay, uh, here here's the here's the cure theory for, for from what we're doing here. Um, I had it, for me, it was an alternate theory because um, 
Now I make sure I say this right. It was an alternate theory to some stuff I was seeing um, around that uh, Hippo kind of mentioned. Um, Hippo mentioned, we know that Bonnie ate the age age fruit. Is she now living using her body from an alternate timeline where she didn't get sapphire scales? So that's been a very prominent theory. Definitely makes a lot of sense. Uh, Hippo also said it could be the case that Vegapunk cured her because Kum and Bonnie do meet him at some point. Maybe the cost for carrying the sapphire scales was for Kum to become a warlord past visa and so on and so on. And then my alternate theory was what if Bonnie's using her devil fruit to constantly de-age the disease itself? So it never reaches the point where it's mature enough to kill her. Because we we do see that, like, or we do find out, like, it's the disease progressing. So it could be that it never fully leaves her. And there are some images we've seen where she has, like, a bandage under her eye. There are times when, like, there could be times when she does have the stones that show up there. And then she de-ages it, and that's when she knows that she's okay. And then it has to come back, and she has to constantly do that. So the uh, the the thing that I would kind of expand upon, because this is where my my theory kind of comes from, is we have an established method for this right already, and that's law. They yeah. they even they even remind us in the text of Law's disease, which White required disease. him which required him to use the opiate me. Now in that case, it's kind of implied that the disease that he removed it. He, he performed the, the the complex surgery needed to extract the disease itself from him. The age age fruit, as far as we know, can't do that. But uh, there are things it could do. It could be regressed, like you theorized. I think that's a that's a very solid theory. Um, it could also be, and this is just me kind of spitting it out there, uh, that she's just dodging the bullet, just constantly. What? What do you mean? So, so you know, age ten, right? She has to be, you know, when she reaches ten, she dies. She. What if she just doesn't turn ten? Oh, okay. So, like. She, but that's kind of the same concept, isn't it? Like de-aging like, herself, de-aging the disease? Well, yeah, it's, it's a similar concept. But the, the the main thing that I would say is is if if we do it that way, it works a little bit better since we've seen her in seawater. Because <laughs> uh, uh, if it was just constantly focused on de-aging the disease itself specifically, it may be more complicated to to hold in like that situation. But of course, uh, devil fruit powers and how they work in the sea are absolutely whatever the story needs them to be sure. so it very well could just be oh it it didn't uh it didn't regress because uh because it was actually a war medi so she wasn't actually in the seawater so it didn't sap her powers like like pick pick a thing uh you know that does bring up the question you know what first of all how did vacapunk get this devil fruit how did he get the age age fruit was it something that he was considering for himself you know or something who knows but Ooh, that's an I, interesting me, idea. Oh, it kind of makes me wonder, you know, if that's the deal they made with the world government. If they were the ones who had the fruit, and there had to be a deal struck to get the fruit to use for Bonnie, and like Vegapunk's like, oh yeah, I know the fruit would work, but uh, he, here's how you have to get it. You know, um, you have to you have to basically buy it from the world government or something, or like try to steal it, and that doesn't work, or like whatever happens. Well, I mean, I mean, again, her her uh, her own identity as a, a celestial dragon, uh, you know, as a noble, I think is going to be a factor in this, right? Uh, but that kind of that dances I nicely like with what I, you were saying earlier. I like that idea. Yeah, I, I like that idea of like, would Vegapunk be interested in this devil fruit to pass to a satellite, perhaps? Yeah, I don't know, because I mean, we don't know. I don't think it was confirmed when he gets the knowledge fruit that he, he had, has. He had it. He had it at Ohara for sure. 
No, because so, his head was super high up, wasn't it? Yeah, he yeah he already had it at that point. Did it say it was in super high head? up? Yeah, because that, that's why his head was super high up, wasn't it? I thought that was just because he was naturally so smart. Well, no, because because the because the the fruit itself just allows his brain to continue to grow and expand. Like that's its power. Hmm. I okay, maybe I'm just forgetting how that stuff was. So like I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure he already had it by then. It, it though, makes though you are right. Sense. We don't know when he ate it, so that's true. But if if you were if you were basically a living database, so, so say before Punk Records, right? Before Punk Records is is realized. What if right? Bonnie had a green blood transfusion? How how do you mean? Remember the green the green blood thing with the seraphim? Yeah, yeah that allows them to. Are you saying she doesn't actually have the devil fruit? Well, that she could have it, but it could not be what we think it is because the lineage factor, Travis, what if she's using the lineage factor from somebody else using green blood and it's like negating her disease or something like that? I mean, if they're if they're using lineage factor, does it even have to be green blood specifically? It could be. I don't know. It could be Kuma blood (laughs) for all we know um, at that point. Or it could be a person who had that fruit. I, I don't know, because I, I know that there was a whole thing of like, he can't he can't replicate the Logia fruits, right? He can only replicate the uh, Paramecia. AJ fruits right. of Paramecia. So it's possible. Right. It's very possible he was researching it, I think, regardless. Like, I, I like this idea that he may have been trying to, like, extend his own legacy. Because, I, I mean... I mean, I mean, here, here's an interesting question. Does would would somebody with the age age fruit could they stave off death per like not necessarily perpetually, but like so long as they had the will to do so and leverage that power? I don't know because when Vegapunk is like turned into a kid, all the stuff falls out of him, all the experience, and that freaks him out. Yeah, we've literally never explained that. By the way, what the right, like, and so it, that what makes is me th- that why doesn't it happen like when uh other people because like bonnie's heard other people and the kids and that doesn't you know we don't see that but yeah, i don't know yeah i mean my guess, my guess would be if it's something she could turn on and off it would be she did it so that vegapunk wouldn't run away or that because of the way his devil fruit works that he has so much extra stuff that like it's relevant oh, his, to him oh because his bot because his body literally wouldn't be able to handle it right well and i mean like where else would that stuff go if not become tangible sure. pour out of him i guess but uh, uh yeah yeah i guess it could be just weird devil fruit interactions there's just so many routes that this could take it's there like are so many dimensional chess with and literally the next chapter oh it is going to be like oh king bakori had the age age for and they gave it to bonnie <laughs> like, it could just be oh, something like that oh oh king bakori has the age age fruit and kuma kills him so the fruit manifests nearby yeah, there you go. <laughs> um, and then, for whatever reason, Vegapunk. I, I don't know, because I can't think of another v- motivation that Kuma could have to save, to, to do what he does, if not to save Bonnie. Like, everything's pointing in yeah, that it, direction. Yeah, it, has to, it has to be Bonnie-related. There's no, like, it, she is literally his entire reason for being at this point. Yeah. They're, yeah, so... They're, uh, apropos of anything else. We could speculate all day long, <laughs> but we really, you know... We're going to find out eventually, sooner rather than later, I guess. Uh, yeah, I, I, didn't, mm, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen next. I feel, I feel like something needs to, I don't know. Something needs to explain also wh- the way that uh, Bonnie, Bonnie did not know that Vegapunk did all this, right? Until recently, because that's what motivates her to go to Egghead. 
after well, she 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 doesn't know why kuma does a thing like she blames vegapunk for everything that's happened right so it, it, what i'm saying is she found out though pretty recently right that it was vegapunk who did this isn't that the case so like whatever kuma decides to do because we see those member we saw the memory earlier in egghead island where he's with vegapunk in that room and so clearly like bonnie wasn't around like she didn't see this stuff happening and also there's the whole matter of like how does kuma like kuma couldn't bring her to egghead so we know that um so it has to be something where he's able to go to egghead do what he has to do and then go back to sorbet kingdom or and save bonnie came or, to him right that's the other option i guess I mean, if, if the if the age fruit is the factor, then I guess location doesn't matter. But we also know that Bonnie has been on Egghead previously. That's true. Or, but it could be her, after according. she's cured. Well, and then the other thing, too, is like, what if it's tied to Kuma losing his will? If there's something about him losing his will, that's what ties to Bonnie uh, being cured. Because is it wasn't it like a whole thing with him and Vega? He's like, oh, do I really have to do this? Is it really going to like I have to? It was the, that he chapter. was really hesitant about extracting his memories. That's right. Okay. At which now that we have seen them. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, fair. Fair. And then some quite honest, like like, like Vegapunk's looking for like his infinite energy source. The the the, the pain of, of Bartholomew Kuma might be enough to to uh, power the entirety of of a Tumblr blog by itself, at least. No doubt. <sighs> I wish I remembered what chapter that was when. uh kuma does his thing or when kuma or when we see that flashback with bonnie it it's to, like, been a while down. hasn't it <laughs> it has been yeah i'm kind of like just dancing i'm like going around here i just checked out 168 179 as i think one of the chapters where you just float over so i think it's between one set 1070 and 1078 i'd have to look around filibuster yeah right uh filibuster what's uh what's your while you're looking this up what's your take about monkey d dragon at this point because i've seen i have seen a lot of hot takes about monkey d dragon this this past week uh yeah we we had the one thing where uh i speculated that maybe he's called dragon because he's supposed to be an admiral and uh so dragon is one of the chinese zodiac characters i was more meaning like what do you think his uh his deal is at this point like a lot of people, for example, and I've been asking that for uh, a at least, long time. At least in the, at least in the, uh, in the discourse, we'll say, um, a lot of people seem to be very, very like of of all of the the criticisms of of this chapter. Mm -hmm. The thing that really jutted out to me was a lot of people seem to be very bothered by the fact that it doesn't seem like the Revolutionary Army put much effort into chasing Ginny, despite knowing where she is. Um, for me, it's like, I mean, sure, but Dragon is very specifically not Luffy. Uh, so like, like you could go like, oh, Luffy marched into Annie's lobby, but like that wasn't a smart thing to do. Luffy has main character armor, so he gets to do those things. But like, <laughs> that's why he's like, that's what makes Luffy special is he would do the things that other people wouldn't logically do and has the will to do it anyway. Like, that's kind of what makes him special. So like... I don't know if it's like a great take that like, oh, he, uh, oh, you know, he didn't, they didn't go save her. Like, what was he supposed to do? I guess is kind of where I'm coming around on that. Yeah, I don't know. And I'm, I'm failing so far. I found the flashback where she finds him as a kid. Found that. Okay. So we're close <laughs> then. Isn't it like that <laughs> chapter or like right after that chapter? Mm, it was not. Um, 
<clears throat> I've arrived at one of the last chapters before we like did the big, the grand tour, <laughs> you know, one piece GT. Yeah. yeah. And uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm not seeing it here either. I could have just totally missed it. But also going through these again, I got to tell you, Trav, boy, oh boy, the Labo phase death game stuff. What a whiff. Oh, is that is that your is that where you're at at this point? Just, just kind of like we, I, well, I was just kind of like revisiting it. And I gotta say, snore fest in retrospect compared to the rest of this chapter. Shoot, we were cooking all up until then. It's true. I don't. I mean, I don't know. I I think especially like in the moment, like like that might just be one of those things where like week to week it was better, but because we know the answer now, it's less compelling. Yeah, I think I think for me it's just kind of like. All that for a sip of water, you know? I mean, all that for a sip of water right now. <laughs> we, we we ain't done yet. That's that's the craziest thing is like we have taken yet another pause in the middle of this extremely high-paced arc. I found to, it. Oh, Louise. Okay, I, we missed, did it. We I got skipped there. it by accident earlier. Okay, it was chapter 1072. <laughs> all that filibustering. <laughs> um, okay, so she goes to the pain bubble. And then Vegapunk is kind of like, oh, don't do that. He's like the little baby. And then memories. That's right. A scholar in the West Blue once said that people lose 21 grams of weight after they die. In other words, that is the weight of the human soul. The soul really exists. We can observe it. It's so fascinating. So we see, yeah, it's Vegapunk and Kuma. And Vegapunk has like the apple on his head. Uh, Your powers take pain, supposedly invisible, and give it form so that it can be foisted off onto others. It's like sending the peripheral nervous system signals via radio instead. So what about the mind and heart then? Mental images, memories. These signals are signals. These things are signals emitted by neurons. How heavy are they? How big? You're saying you want me to produce memories and show you? You want me to embarrass myself? Man, this does not seem like the Kuma we've been hanging out with. <laughs> Please, you must. It's a chance for a great scientific leap. I'll be the only one who looks, I swear. No. Pretty please? So this is, it has nothing to do with Bonnie. Like the memory stuff, at least. But the context of this is that it seems like Vegapunk was allowed to experiment on Kuma, but they had like a working kind of relationship. I wonder if that's kind of where we're like, if he was brought in for like the, you know, what are you going to uh, say? That's the thing that I can't reconcile is, is does Kuma meet Vegapunk because of Dragon or does Kuma meet Vegapunk because of the world government? Because that scene suggests to me the former. Which, which, yeah. which, which I, I have visualized this in my head because, again, I do think like Dragon is kind of still an enigma in this story. I could see Dragon being willing to bury the hatchet with Vegapunk solely for the sake of this kid, which, which would track because it would be like kind of trying to make amends to both Kuma and mm. Ginny, being like, hey, I don't like you. I don't like what you're doing. I don't like who you've associated yourself with, but I am actually willing to bury that hatchet for this purpose. Right. Okay. Which which would be a which would be a a Luffy esque thing to do would be to to swallow that pride and be willing to do the right thing right for especially like a little kid that's that's so Luffy but uh like that I kind of think is would be a good character moment for Dragon which given the context right now I think would be kind of nice to see and. But but again, that kind of brings us back around to somehow this encounter with Vegapunk has to lead to him getting cyborged. But we, we're having an epiphany moment here. I, this is a, a audio recording, but I can actually see John on camera. And I need you to know that he is he's reached his own peak. <laughs> OK, OK. What if he loses his will so that the pain of his memories can't find him? 
How else does he have the pain bubble in Vegapunk's lab? Because he said in the last chapter, like we said, like it it hasn't moved. Why hasn't it moved? That could be why he has to take away his. That's why they have to take his will away. It's because it was all put in that bubble. So there'd be nothing for it to go to. Exactly. But then Bonnie takes it anyway. She takes it at the lab and it almost kills her. That's like one of the last things we see before. Well, we see her crying, but we don't know that it like. I mean, she doesn't oh, so it look could like still Zoro. be there, and it that could, could be the thing that kills Saturn. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, because like, because, because, because we talked about this. Like, you would expect her to be far more worse for wear. And if that was his plan of like, I'm going to use all this pain to kill one of the members of the Gorosei, and the reason he goes to Egghead is because he knows he senses or finds out that Saturn has left Mary Joa, and Saturn is the end game for him. Yeah. He kills Saturn, he avenges Ginny. I mean I mean it's still I mean we still have that question of like what is driving the robot Kuma right now. I think it's a directive. Right? It's like programming. Mm-hmm. He put it all like he and Vegapunk worked it all out together. Interesting. That's that could work. Who else but Quagmire? That could do it. How awesome would it be if we just called it Travis? We're prob- we probably we probably didn't, but that, that would be pretty would be sick. Nuts. You heard it here last, that would folks. Be, that would be wild. Yeah, you heard it here last. Uh, no, no, remember, we release on Mondays just in One Piece time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, people Do are going to be like... how long a day is in One Piece? Well, I mean, we, we usually record these before even, like, the spoilers come out. So, like, we can't be accused of, uh, you know, digging in ahead of time. Try to make it as impossible as possible. I I swear to you, I have been too busy to read spoilers. I hundred like <laughs> I don't have Twitter. I know Discord. they show up on Twitter and X and stuff, and I don't I don't have that. So like I don't see it. But here's the thing, Travis. We have a break. So oh man, what if we got this? That's all I got. I I just want to want to end it there. <laughs> yeah, I feel like yeah. I feel like I've kumed out. You're like Mike, like Mike drop. We're done. I mean, I, again, it's a, it's a lot of hubris, isn't it? But um, I, I think that uh, I'm sure it's going to be curveball after curveball. But there, there's something to that that feels pretty nice. Um, and I think I, there's only one other panel I didn't get to mention. When uh, Bonnie looks at Kuma and says, Daddy, and then he starts weeping. Just all those panels put together. Just, I mean, she's, she's his world, man. Yeah, I get it. Like, it, it's, it's it, again, it, this is the best be version of this day. kind of story we're going to get. Uh, one of us, maybe, maybe, <laughs> uh, maybe at least one, and then there you go. There you go. I have, uh, I have too many One Piece figures to buy to uh, experience <laughs> like that gotta, kind of joy. I got to buy double the collectibles for some kid. Forget it. Nah. Next week we're talking about Freerin, Freerin Beyond Journey's End. We're gonna do an anime roundtable. Very excited to do that one, and uh, it's a long time coming to be sure. Uh, hoping to do that one with a guest, and uh, we're, if it's just the two of us, it's just the two of us. But we're gonna try to work it out, and. Uh, I think That's I don't it. know if it's been confirmed. I'll double check what Viz is saying, but I don't think it's been confirmed when this chapter is going to come out. If it's going to be a, a week break or two week break, right now it's not saying either way. Uh, so we'll we'll find out. We'll know. Uh, I, I, honestly, uh, I hope Oda just takes a break. Yeah, you know. Yeah. I mean, it's it's just a it's very it's very clear that like the schedule has just gotten tight again, and I'm assuming yeah. he really wants to get to a certain point by the end of the year, and he had to take all that time off for the for the promotion of the tv show and true it's a lot of traveling and yeah he's been he's been busy and like here's the thing even if he doesn't get there i promise it'll be okay it it will be fine like if this is like i I, i'll go out and say it 
like uh just you know just uh just a little bit ago we had black clover leave jump for uh for a a far far uh less uh intensively schedule because of the mangaka's needs uh which uh, by the way i learned was because his wife had actually gotten sick so yeah i've heard they, about that recently the too correct, they yeah. uh, they made the correct call there but we have you know um sometimes you just got to make those compromises and if you if like i've said before like i would not be surprised one bit if one piece uh decides just to not finish its run in shonen jump i don't think oda would do that lying down i don't think that i think he would be maybe a little too proud to do that but it wouldn't shock me if it becomes necessary to to move to like a a, a jump giga situation or uh or, or something like that just to give him more rest um uh, just to give him a little bit of a better schedule and i would not be opposed to that honestly i know some like weekly readers it gets really really hard for us because we just we want that meat so bad but uh i mean that's going to basically like 10 or 11 chapters a year yeah and it would be, it would be i mean it still wouldn't be like hunter hunter schedule right like it could be worse uh but like i i think about uh, there's other things that we could do too noticeably the past couple of chapters have been less pages which again is a thing that oda's not happy about we we know because previous interviews he's been like no my these readers of the magazine they're paying me for 20 23 chapters they're pages, pages that's yeah. what they're gonna get you know that kind of thing but um case in point uh my hero academia is a, has had to go on multiple breaks during this uh last arc that it's been in but in the past few months, it has been doing something kind of interesting. It's just been cutting the page count. Like My Hero Academia has been at some points 12 to 13 pages, depending on how you're scaling it. Yep. And the trade-off for that has been some of the best chapters of the manga in a really, really long time. Like, like they're they're clean, they are complete, they are well paced for what they are um and it's at a really good point in the story and it's all it's fi- like horikoshi's backfiring on all cylinders and i can't help but feel that the reduced page count has helped with that so that i mean you know i i don't expect any of these to actually happen to one piece but if it's the kind of stuff that ends up being necessary i hope that that Oda and his team are at least open to those uh, because um, I'll be real. I would much rather like to see the story end in 20 years than have it never end. Cause he died. I, I I'll just be real. I do not want a hundred percent. Yeah. I, I don't. <laughs> All right. We'll be back uh, next week. Talk for Aaron and uh, who knows when for one piece. But uh, again, if you have any story ideas or topic ideas, stuff that you want us to get into on the show, whenever one piece is not in session, we're always happy to take your requests, your comments, and all that good stuff on that little magic app we were talking about before called Discord. And of course, our email, rookiepirateradio at gmail.com. Uh, I would say it again, but I already forgot it after saying it. Travis, on the out. Oh, it's rookiepirateradio at gmail.com. Perfect. We'll see you all in the next one. <laughs>